All right, the title today in this series, and some of you all should have your bracelets or your little, um, and it's talking about manage your mind. Everybody shout out the series. It's called Manage Your Mind. Shout it out. One more time, manage your mind. We learned over the past couple of teachings that who must manage our minds? I must manage my mind. God will not manage my mind for me. Shout it out right now. I will manage my mind. One more time. One more time. I will manage my Let's do it again for those that are watching us live streaming. Say it again. I will manage my mind. One more time. I will manage my mind. So today's title is The Praise Mindset. The Praise Mindset. The Praise Mindset. The Praise Mindset. Pastor Nias, why are you repeating over and over again? Because repetition is the mother of learning. And it is not to get you to memorize this. It is to get you to know that you already, already be this. I be a praiser. I'm going to say it one more time. I be a praiser. Oh, pastor, that's not good English, but that's who you be. You be a praiser. And when you be something, you cease not to be it. And when you be something, and the more you know who you are, the more you begin to behave. And you don't need to go to acting school. You don't even, know that, you don't even need to go to school to learn that you're a praiser. You already know. He says, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So I am a praiser, so you have to have a praise mindset. The praise mindset. What's the title today? The what? The praise what? Mindset. I got to manage my mind. So the first thing we talked last week, we talked about you got to know about salvation. You got to know that God saved you by grace and grace alone, not by your own works, not trying you. You got 10 good days and then one bad day. You don't pray. You don't come to church. You, you're feeling all down because you don't understand that you were saved by grace and grace alone. God made you aware through the Holy Spirit that you needed a Savior. His name is Jesus. He let you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. Now, he wanted you to know that your faith, faith means me acting on what God says. Faith means me acting on what he says. He wanted you to know that your faith was not nebulous. Your faith was not some mysterious God that you talk about that people have never seen. He says faith is acting on what God says. So not only did he tell you through the Holy Spirit that Jesus is his son, give your life to him. He says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Can't hear you. So the first thing you need to understand what that means. You were born a sinner. That means you were born into sin. You were born into sin not because you were, you sinned. You were born into sin because your great, our great, great ancestor, Adam, he sold us out. He was the first sellout. He sold us to the devil. How did he do it? God, through Jesus Christ, let's get this all established. Let me build this foundation. Let me build this thing. Nothing like a solid foundation. When you understand your faith, you stop being fickle. When you understand your faith and how you got saved, you stop going up and down. When you understand your faith, you pray even, even with a happier face. When God hears your prayers and you just messed up, you just sinned. Why? Because you understand God loves you unconditionally and you understand you're on a journey with God. This is not a destination until you're out of here. You're on a journey, and on that journey, God will do things in your life to cause you and I to know him. And guess what? He allows you and I to go through some fire. Ooh, woo! 
some things you would have never prescribed for your life. But God has a purpose for your life. And his, his goal is to get you perfectly prepared to carry out his purpose. Why? Because you're already equipped to carry out his purpose. That's why Facebook, that's why social media, Twitter, Snapchat, all of these millennials, Generation Z, the enemy wants you focusing on other people, getting to see what other people have got, getting to see that Jay-Z partner with the NFL, get you in a whole bunch of business that's not your business. And then get led astray by people's speculation and why he doing this, why the NFL doing that. I got a solution for you. Sweep around your own front door. Come on, come on, 50 and over. Wasn't that a song? Sweep around what? Your own what? For the millennials, Generation Z, what that mean is Michael Jackson, the great prophet. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. There's no way. If you're married right now, look at your spouse and look at him right now. I say, start with the person in the mirror, please. If you're sitting right next to a fellow member of the spirit church, just tell them, start, start with the person in the mirror, please. So when you play football, and I play football, I remember in Little League, if you ever played, you know, one day we need to, in the locker room, Make note of this. We need to, if we need to find out all the men that ever played football. And then we need to hear their stories and ask, at what point did you realize football wasn't for you? Because <laughs> football will test your manhood. It's one of those sports, and I got mad respect for all the other sports, baseball, basketball. Trust me, all of them are all difficult hockey. One, hockey and football are probably sports that test you because somebody getting ready to hit you legally. They're getting ready to test you to see, do you really want this? And I remember in Little League, my coaches, I could always tell when it was going to be a tough game because our coach would come during the week. This Little League, this was like 10 years old. Coach would come. He gathers all up. He said, all right, this, time, this team we're getting ready to play called Conrad. Conrad was about a mile from us. They say, now, when we play them, you better get your mind right. And if you don't know about sports, get your mind right. You know what Coach was saying? These jokes are going to knock you out. You need to, at 10 years old, get your mind right and make sure you have a good week of practicing. And guess what? You and I must have the praise mindset if you're going to walk with God. Please put up Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Theme, please. I always wanted to know in the Old Testament, they would do all these sacrifices. And these sacrifices were animals. And these animals died in the place of the person who had sinned instead of the person dying. Instead of the person dying. What am I saying? What are you saying, Pastor Aeneas? In order for God, let me get down here. Let's deal with salvation real quick. All of us were born sinners enslaved to sin. I don't care what you look like. I don't believe that, Pastor. It makes no difference. You don't have to believe in gravity. Go on top of this building and jump. Gravity will make a believer out of you. 
So God, the other thing I found out about God, he's not phased by rejection. Rejection don't bother God. You can reject him, he's still going to love you. Because his love is not based on you loving him. God got a mindset of love. He is love. Everything he does motivated by love. When he didn't marry, he didn't let you marry that old crazy person that you were in love with. That was God's love. When he got you out of that crazy marriage that you got involved in for all the wrong reasons, guess what? That was his love. When he didn't allow you to get that job that you really wanted so you could show off to your brothers, your sister, and your friends, that was his love. When he didn't heal you right away, that was his love. When he allowed the relative that you didn't want to die to transition and go be with the Lord, so God can now start now living and helping you know him instead of that relative. That's God's love. When children, when your parents all of a sudden just tell you no, come inside at 11 o'clock. Why, mom and dad? All my friends get to come in wherever they want to. That was love setting the clock at 11 p.m. See, what's your definition of love? God's goal and created you and I to have a relationship with us, not religion. He always wanted a relationship, never wanted religion. So the first thing we have to establish, I was born a sinner. What does that mean? I was born with a nature to sin. How do I know, Pastor Nias? Because no matter how good you look, if you're not born again, even if you look like you're doing stuff right, you're probably not doing it for the right reason. When you're a sinner and you become a professional sinner, you just know how to cover it up well. Here's what I know through experience. See, some things God take you through through experience. There's some things somebody can't tell you. Only experience can. I already know God used imperfect people. How do I know he used the Bible? Just read the Bible. You'll find out, and I say this and I'll say it again. To all those that are listening, you got your coffee cup in your hand at home. God definitely made sure he had his hand in writing the Bible. Man didn't write the Bible apart from God because man would never have put his flaws in there. David would have never put that story about Bathsheba in there because we want people to see our good side. That's why, ladies, you take 100 pictures on with your phone and then you go through 100 pictures before you say, oh, no, give me on my good side. God will expose both sides to you. So you can realize the excellency is of me and not of you. If you think by far God has me up here being a pastor and leading because I've done things right or I don't have some sins in my life, you crazy. And if you let anybody fool you who stands up here just because they're a little higher and get them to thinking that they live in some perfect life because they're not as transparent in their teaching, you're headed for deception. There was only one person came through this body unscathed. His name is Jesus. The first one messed it up, and he had no sin. His name was Adam. Adam was given instructions by God because God always creates you for a purpose. You were created for a purpose. You may not know it yet, and you may be doing something else, but I'm here to tell you, you were created for a purpose. God didn't haphazardly just make you. I don't care if your mom got in heat at 17 years old. doesn't matter. I don't care if mom and dad were in the back of the car. It doesn't matter. You didn't arrive here by accident. God had you right on time. Now, how you got here 
the two may have gotten together. But make no mistake, when it was time for you to arrive, heaven dropped off a baby. And until you understand that you didn't come from your parents, you came through them. We are nothing more than caretakers. We're stewards as parents. You and I came from God. You're made of his spirit. And even if you're not born again, you still are part of his creation. He's still your father. He's the father of all spirits. Now, what happens is we have some that have not connected with their father, but he's still their father. Because a father is a creator. And any father worth his salts takes full responsibility for anything that he creates or oversees. And your heavenly father allowed his son, Jesus Christ, to make a world. It's called the earth. And then God, through his son, created a man. And that man was to be submitted to God's son. It's interesting that when God revealed himself to Peter, Jesus told Peter who was doing the speaking. Shake somebody next to you, because if I was the devil, I'd want you to sleep right now. Because I would want you not to know who you are. I want you to sit in church all day, go through scriptures. He said, you search the scriptures, in them you hope to find eternal life. But they focus and they point to me. He said, the book about me, Jesus. That's why if I'm Satan, I don't want believers even mentioning that name. I want seeker-friendly believers. Don't hurt anybody's feelings. I don't know what kingdom you're a part of, but this kingdom does not submit to the world. The world submits to this kingdom. In this world, we think we're smart, but we're not. God takes the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. God takes a man named John the Baptist, has him dressed, eating locusts, have him out in the wilderness, have him with a girdle on, the last person you'd go see. But God says this, I send you to who I choose. You don't choose them, I choose them. He said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I chose you with a purpose. And no flesh will boast in my sight. Not one, now one. Do you like that? Now one. Every knee shall bow. They've never said that about Confucius, Muhammad. Much respect to all of them. But when they say every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, that's a different one. When it says this one has been raised from the dead and it was at least 500 people that saw him and they could prove it in court, that's a different one. When all of a sudden you realize that the before you gave your life to Christ, you know how you were. And then after Christ, you know how you are. Now you know through your experience that God is real. Because he created him, he created you to know him personally for yourself. It's one thing for grandmother and grandpa to pray for you. It's one thing for your mom and dad to pray for you. It's a whole other thing when you pray for yourself. And when you realize God loves your prayers. When you realize, we always focus on the selfish side, what we get out of prayer. But you never focus on what God gets out of prayer. God gets out of prayers that he has a child that wants to spend time with him. And he's a jealous God. The Bible says his name is Jealous. Jealous, Jealous. Thank you, DJ Khaled. I know y'all like, how does he cross-reference all these things? I'm not prescribing their words, but I'm able to hear God's kingdom even in those that you call sinners. Because God wants them saved too. 
God wanted them taking these gifts of rapping and now putting words and hooks that would lead kids to destinies with God instead of destinies with Satan. And the gifts and callings of God without repentance, what does that mean? They were given these gifts before they got here. Lil Wayne, Dwayne Carter Jr., who I'm praying for, I declare, anybody in agreement, I declare right now, Dwayne Carter Jr., if you're listening to this and you're viewing this and you see this at any point, I declare Sean Carter, Dwayne Carter Jr., Drake, DJ Khaled, the son of a, what, the father of a side. I declare in the name of Jesus, every one of you all, born again and filled with the Spirit, and that the music and the words that you put out will now lead many into the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen to that. So you're saved, and you're saved by grace, grace alone. That means God chose you. This was your day. Some of you all get saved today. What does that mean, get saved? You and I were born sinners. That means born to slave to Satan. How did that happen? God gave his son the authority to make an earth. Then he created a man, and that man was to be submitted unto him. Everybody got it? So, Pastor Nias, please show me that in the scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll come back to Hebrews 13. The praise mindset. See, if I give you a mindset to set your praise, you won't have to have good circumstances in order for you to praise God. You'll just start praising him. I mean, people start thinking you're crazy. Because all of a sudden, you just break out praising him. All of a sudden, he gives you a glimpse of how good he's been to you long before you ever did anything good. When you start realizing how much he's blessed you long, when you were crazy, he blessed you. When you thought you were all that in a bag of chips, he did what? He blessed you. So look at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is the Apostle Paul, this letter, this epistle to the Corinthians or the church at Corinth. He said, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So now we got an apostle who follows Christ. I like to point something out to you. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Jesus. Notice you don't see Jesus there. I am a master teacher. The Spirit of God has given me the ability to cause things that you think you know to be understood like you've never understood it. Because he's called us to raise up a what? Wise and understanding people. Be ye followers of me, this Paul, Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth that he established. So he's setting ahead. But notice what he says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of who? Christ. Notice he didn't say Jesus. Jesus is, his, is what he does. He's a savior. Christ is his title. He's the anointed king. And the king tells the citizens what to do. So, Follow me even as I also follow Christ. What does that mean? Come here for a second, sir. You walking with Jesus and you mentoring me and you following Jesus. Go on. You following Jesus, you going that way. And then you decide, you know what? I ain't following Jesus anymore. I'm going this way. You go that way, I keep going this way. So in other words, be careful with displaced loyalty. I see people with misguided loyalty. You stay with people who are going in the wrong direction, even though they start in the right direction. If you following them down to Louisiana, taking 55 South, and then you see them turn left, and they take another highway, but you're supposed to be going to Louisiana. Hey, when they go off, you stay on. Too many of us are following people who maybe started out with Christ, but at some point they detoured. 
No, when they detour, you still follow Christ. Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. Now he's getting ready to establish order. Oh, boy. He's taking me to a place. I'm getting ready to rock the room. I am literally getting ready to make some people mad. Watch. Watch what I tell you. Thank you, sir. You can sit down. Give my, give my brother a big hand. Be followers of me, followers of me, even as I also am with Christ. So Paul is following Christ, and the Corinthian church is supposed to follow Paul. Everybody got me? Next verse. Now I praise you. Now I'm exalting you, brothers. That's us. That you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as, as I delivered them to you. So Paul set some things in order. Go back to verse 2, please. Ordinances means he's setting order. He's setting order in the church. There must be order. God is a God of order. God is not a God of your emotions. I feel like this. Your feelings will take you down the wrong road. God is a God of order. So God, through the apostle Paul, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave him some ordinance to give to the church. Now, I commend you, that word praise, praise you, brothers. He was always exhorting them that you remember me in all things and keep what? The ordinance or keep what? Order. As I delivered them to you. In other words, I gave you some order here. Next verse. But I would have you to know. But I would have you to know. For some reason, I don't even know if pastors read this anymore. Watch what I tell you. But I would have you to know. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing to the Corinthian church to set order. Anytime something is out of order, pain's coming. And too many of us taking medicine for the pain instead of getting a prescription for the, the cause. I would have you to know. I would have you to know from God's viewpoint and from the order of God, I have you believers, brothers, to know. To know what? That the head of every man is Christ. He didn't say the head of every Christian man is Christ. He said the head of every man, and that's talking about humans. The head of every man, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Either you do it voluntarily or eventually you will do it by force. But make no mistake about it, at some point you will bow to the name of Jesus. Pastor, I just don't know. What about all these other religions? That's God's world. Matter of fact, pay attention to what you do know. Too many of us are all out in space about what about this, what about that. Have you taken into account and paid attention to what you do know? And what you do know, Jesus is your Lord. I would have you to know God does not want a bunch of ignorant believers. God takes no pleasure in us being dumb. The scriptures are to bring light. And light, let me tell you about light. Light is synonymous with knowledge. Jesus is the light because he turns on the light and he makes sure and I are aware of the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Satan. When any time in the Old Testament, pay attention, every time in the Old Testament, they were types and shadows. But a shadow is not the real thing. He used Egypt. Why? Because Egypt means darkness. The children of Israel enslaved in Darkness. Any area of your life, my life, I'm in darkness, I will be enslaved. So he takes them out of darkness. Another word for Egypt means black. 
That's why I'm almost sure when Satan wanted to through separate people through in this country through white, black, and slavery, he put colors on each of us. Black useless synonymous with negativity with curses. And the word nigger or niger is a derivative of the word black. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. The church is supposed to give us the truth to open our eyes so we will stop being fooled and stop being ignorant. You keep calling somebody black. White is symbolic of angels, pure. Already know I'm going to get some enemies. Already know it. Because God, God is trying to, he's, he's getting ready to shift the whole region with all this foolishness. It's ignorance. And the church can no longer be ignorant. We're worse because we got the answer. Let judgment begin where? House of God. Get right, church, and let's go what? Black, white. Get that junk. What about these nationalists? Crazy nationalists, somebody that's eager about their country. That's what the word really means. If they attack this place, I promise you they won't come through here and say, okay, you white, I'm not going to kill you. Oh, you black, I know y'all had a tough time, we're going to keep you here. When you attack a country, we want all y'all dead. So we were all in this thing together. We were all born sinners. Look at the person right next to you. I don't care what color complexion they are in the human race. They were all born sinners. Look at them right now. I want you to look at them right now. Now, here's what I need you to say. Tell them you too. So once you realize we're all in the same boat, Where's the arrogance and where's the pride? If you were born in a, in a house or a community that was safe, great schooling, what you bragging about? And how could you make judgments about people who would be just like you were had they had the same conditions? It's, it's foolishness. Without the grace of God, all of us are fools. I ain't no fool. Really? <laughs> we do some crazy stuff and then we think we smart. Like we'll smoke a pack of cigarettes and I'm not knocking people with smoke cigarettes. I'm just giving an example. We will smoke a pack of cigarettes and they tell you on there now, you keep smoking it, it's going to kill you. And we'll call that person brilliant because they got a degree from Harvard. All of us got crazy stuff. I do crazy stuff. Sometimes, sometimes the things I think is just downright crazy. I don't even think y'all will listen to me if you think of some of the thoughts that come. <laughs> now, you can laugh at me, but let's monitor your thoughts. 
let's put a, and by the way, in Israel, when we're in Israel, they have a device where they literally can, can put your mind and your thoughts on the screen. I got a question. Who in here can stand up to that? If that don't humble you, somebody shout out and say, I need a Savior. Now, for those that don't think you need one, God will allow a situation in your life to verify to you, you need a Savior. So we're all born sinners. How are we born? All born in the same boat. That means born with a nature to sin. My parents did a great job of trying to keep that doggone nature down but soon as I got away from Pastor Sim, my parents never heard me curse. But y'all know I can curse with the best of you. Man, 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 man. And my parents never heard me curse. Boy, if somebody go testify to my parents, now you know your son used to curse like a sailor. And my parents be like bragging, oh no, not my son. Like some of you all parents, when the teachers tell you your child is misbehaving, and you go talking about it's the teacher. Every now and then, it may be the teacher. Little Johnny is probably the problem. So let's all get this right. Even that little beautiful baby, you got that baby. I'm going to do a little New Orleans talking on you. Even that little beautiful baby, you got that Johnson powder smelling all good. That little baby is born a sinner. That little baby born selfish. My toys. My rule. And then, now you know they, they got to be born sinners. Nobody taught a baby to have a, tantra, uh, a temper tantrum. You got them in a high chair, and they just going to sweep all their food off. <laughs> it don't take you long to realize we all are born sinners. <laughs> Come on. You just are... Your little beautiful baby going in the store, just beautiful, following you. Yeah. Then they want that toy. We can't have that, Johnny. They were born what? See, I got to get y'all to say this because some of y'all won't even fix your mouth to say this. That little child is a born sinner and needs to be born again. And you can keep some rules and restraints on them for a period of time but you better get that spirit converted. Everybody say, we're all born sinners. Why am I saying that? Because if you don't realize you were born a sinner and God saved all of us, you won't praise him. You got to learn, learn to praise God. God been good to us. <laughs> he, was so much, he was so good to me even before I got saved. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you were in a club, I mean, you had your thing going. I mean, I, I mean, you were rolling. I, I mean, and then you took a picture in a wicker chair. <laughs> That's for the clubbers, all right? That's for the clubbers. God was good to you. Whatever you brought home, God allowed you to see it before you married it because it looks different when all the lights off. Somebody just shout, stand up, stand, stand up and sit back down and say, God been good to me. Come on. 
saw a man on where was he? I was so, I was I was down in Louisiana. I may have been on the on a train on a train. No, it was it was on the train, the little tram that goes around Dallas Airport. <laughs> My man had his shirt out with his hair showing. He had to have been about sixty. <laughs> I said, man, if you just don't you don't even grow out of foolishness. <laughs> like you think as they get older, that's not true. I've been in church with a bunch of saints who have been in church a long time but never really understood about the conversion of the mind. And they were just hating saints with a bunch of white on. How do I know? Get in one of them seat. Let a sinner get in the saint's seat. And you will see sister hadn't been renewed in her mind that long. Oh, she's saved and she respects Rev, but don't sit in my seat. So I found out early on as a child, just putting on white, don't make me pure. Somebody say amen to this good stuff, right? I am building a case just before we take off this plane. I was looking at planes this morning, and God told me, what, 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 make sure buckle up. Matter of fact, buckle up right now, because we'll have a little turbulence. Some of y'all didn't buckle up. When I did the research, I found out most times during turbulence, the only people that get injured are those that, are those that didn't buckle up. That's why as soon as any kind of turbulence on the plane, they're going to tell you, have a seat and do what? Buckle up. Now, some of y'all don't listen to people. And I told you, buckle up. And some of y'all still not going to buckle up. So you'll be the ones with the ice on your head, but God will heal you. <laughs> First thing you need to realize, humble ourselves. When it comes to God, all of us are sinners. How many of us? Does it matter what race? Every one of us. How many of us? The Holy Spirit said, get back to this. He said, because I'm getting ready to mess with some of the women here. Not me, God. Don't go say, Rev said this. It's in the book. Well, that's why I say, I don't read, I don't, that's why I don't read the Bible. But I would have you to know, I want you to be smart. I want you to understand order. That the head of every man is what? of every man. Now that's talking about male. I may have made a mistake earlier and said humans. That's males. The head, the head of every male man is who? Christ the King, the anointed Messiah. Now I want all the ladies to read this and I don't want the guys to say nothing. And, come on ladies, Now, because of bad men, very few ladies even like even saying this. I know right now, some of y'all like now, see, I got to find me a nice, friendly church. <laughs> that pastor talking about back in the days. He said in order. Anytime order is not there, pain coming. God is not in the business, I know we say that, church is a hospital. God is not in the business of treating symptoms. Symptoms are for what I call retained earnings. Meaning, 
if I want you to keep coming back to me so I can make money, I just don't give you the cause and cure for the cause. I just continue to treat your symptoms. And for the most part, some churches are doing that. Because the more people feel guilty with sin, the more they give. It's called penitence. But when you get liberated, you come free. Who the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. The head of every woman is the man. Now, what if I don't know the nature of my purpose? He created the woman to help the man. I know. I can hear you right now. Ooh, I heard some of y'all. It was like I just scratched on chalkboard. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Because a lot of us have jacked it up. I get it. But it don't change the rules. So what you might want to do, ladies, just a little advice, really pray about make sure this is the one you call to help. Don't marry a dude who don't need help because he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and the head of the woman is what? Now watch this. Even Christ has a head. And the head of Christ is who? I found out, and I'm closing with this, I found out there was a centurion soldier. It's a fascinating story. He had a servant that needed healing. And he was one of the ones that the Lord attributed great faith to. And he wasn't a Jew. He was a centurion. Centurion means a hundred. It's fascinating to me because this man understood order. And he's one of the few that actually told Jesus, you don't have to come to my house and heal my servant. All you have to do is speak a word. It's fascinating to me. You mean to tell me? Everybody else like, Jesus, come on to my house, heal my daughter. In other words, you need to physically be there. Not this guy. This guy said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. How about that? Because anytime you really come into contact with the presence of God, you sense unworthiness through your own works. That's why it's called his righteousness, not your own. Because if you ever get in God's presence, nothing you do right will ever be good enough to make you right with him. You only get right with him because he makes you right. So, this centurion soldier, fascinating. Jesus said he had great faith. There's only a few people Jesus ever said had great faith. And this is what I found out. And this is the final, I'll ask you a question. What can you and I do to impress God? There's nothing you and I can do to impress him. But through Jesus, I found there are things that get his attention. And that's when he sees things that are unusual. That centurion said, you ain't got to come to my house. I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. Just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Then he explained why he understood it. And I submit to you, he understood the power of Jesus' words because he understood order. 
because that's what he describes. He says, I am a man under authority. So he's first talking about himself. He's under authority. So brothers, before you get to bragging and go home telling your wife that she, you her head, be quiet if you haven't made Jesus your head. Because this centurion, he said, I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers under me. In other words, I'm submitted to somebody, and some bodies are submitted unto me. And because I understand the order, I know the order of things. You be the head, Jesus, without telling us all that. You don't have to come. All you got to do is speak the word, because sickness under you, dude, because you submitted under your father. Because it says right here, the head of Christ is who? God. So even Christ the King has a God, and that's his Father. So that soldier said, I understand order. Order unleashes the power of God. Oh, that's why he said, children, obey your parents. It's the first commandment with a promise. If you just get an order in your house, I'll bless you. And notice he didn't say, the head of every man is Christ. Notice he didn't say, the head of every great man is Christ. The head of every man is Christ. And notice it says, the head of the woman is man. Not the man that's always doing it right, ladies. That's why you got to pray for your head. Because you know your head could be a knucklehead at times. All right, ladies, you didn't have to laugh like that now. And then, you know, your head sometimes deal with pride. You know, you've traveled two hours out the way, and he won't even admit he's going in the wrong direction. You can't necessarily confront a man directly because he'll resist you. You got to say something sweet like, sweet, I've seen this before. <laughs> you can read about Abigail. A wise lady, but she was married to a fool. God gives children wisdom. Why? Because we live in a world with foolish people. So he gives you wisdom on how to do it. So ladies, you tell him, you're going the wrong way. I know you're going the wrong way. How long, how you know that dog, you know that dog won't hunt. But if you say, sweetie, you're one of the best drivers I know. We've been on this road a while. I know some of y'all right now, I'm not going to do all of that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Get your nerves up, your stress up, instead of just being cool. Sweetie, we've seen this before. It's two hours. We're not getting closer to New Orleans. Matter of fact, the signs say 100 miles from Chicago. <laughs> Now, what you got to remember, why are you upset? You're in a call with him. You're in a call with him. So your intercession might want to help the two of you. And then if you see that this knucklehead just won't listen, take it to God. Stop talking to him. All right, baby. Father, <laughs> you know what to do. Then get back. All right, baby. Next thing you know, he turns the next exit. Baby, you know what? 
I, I realized I was going in the wrong direction. Here's wisdom. I know you were. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. Well, sweetie, I just, um, I just appreciate you. And then as you turn, y'all going to the wrong direction. You're going back the right direction now. Just start praising God. I praise you, God. Don't, don't, don't do all that in front. Thank you. The man sitting next to you, you make him upset, right? He, he wants to be chastised and corrected, not by his mama. When you go to the gas station, the next gas station, go in the bathroom, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my beautiful, awesome husband that you would guide him and let me know that you're in control. I don't have to be. I praise you that you, you turned this man around. Hallelujah. And then get on your app and send an offering in. <laughs> Let's pray.